0: Good morning, uh, great testimonies again, uh, wonderful, wonderful to be here with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading verses 5 through 10. We're going to reflect a little bit on the Lord's Prayer, thinking particularly about uh, these kingdom prayers that we're encouraged to pray. Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to start at verse 5 just to give some context, and we'll end at verse 10. This is God's very own word. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Let's turn to our Father now. Father, guide our reflection on these words we confess apart from your spirit, we cannot understand these things, and so I ask, uh, Father, by your spirit to be able to speak your truth uh, this morning. And I pray this through Jesus, in his name, amen. We were doing our family devotions one evening, and at the time, as was our practice, we each took turns praying the Lord's Prayer out loud. And it was my turn that evening, and I remember very specifically telling myself, uh, don't just rush through it like you normally do, from memory, Uh, but but think through each of the phrases that you're saying. Your kids are watching you, you need to be an example to them. And so then I started praying the Lord's Prayer and, and I got to about the third phrase and there was this awkward pause. I had forgotten the next line. And of course the kids uh, uh, started giggling and I had to rush through it from memory again. And, and um, um, when I finally said amen, they said, good job, pastor. <laughs> Missionary, don't even know the Lord's Prayer. So I've always thought it was ironic that Jesus uh, teaches us this Example prayer, and he says not to pray repetitiously, right, or mindlessly, but how, how often do we pray this prayer mindlessly? So this morning we're going to slow down a little bit and meditate, reflect on this, this familiar prayer. Uh, our passage, as we read, comes in the context of Jesus' teaching on prayer, one of the passages And um, after teaching his disciples how not to pray, verses 5 to 8, he gives this example prayer. Now, what is presupposed in this prayer is a completely different way of looking at life. Um, Looking at our relationship with God. And so Jesus, he doesn't want us to simply utter these prayers uh, like, you know, as if it were an incantation. Uh, But he wants us to, to think about the worldview the set of values, uh, the kingdom perspective that this prayer assumes. And so, as we do so, we'll understand that it's this perspective, this broader perspective that's, that's really behind this prayer that helps shape our sense of purpose in life, our direction, um, why we are still here, as well as our understanding, our collective call, and understanding to world missions. So we'll look at the first three petitions today, uh, the first being uh, our Father in heaven, second, hallowed be your name, and finally, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. So, what then is the first thing that we pray? Our Father, right? Our Father in heaven. What is presupposed then is that we have a relationship with God as... His father. Uh, earlier in this chapter, Jesus speaks against hypocrites, and uh, he says they pray in order to be seen by men. What does this mean? Uh, it means that their problem, their fundamental problem, is that they didn't have a genuine relationship with God as their father. Even though they were religious, they were probably the most religious people in the society. Um, the religion didn't go beyond. The external actions, the culture they were used to. They were just acting as if, right? That's what a hypocrite is. They knew God is Father. What we must recognize before anything else is the fact that we cannot engage in any meaningful way in missions, or for that matter, have um, any real peace or joy in our hearts unless we have a relationship with God as our Father. You know, I think much of our striving in life, um, whether we are actually conscious of it or not, is really a striving to reconnect with the one who made us. And so this prayer assumes that we have a genuine uh, relationship with God as our Father but maybe there are some here even this morning who feel quite honestly far from him. And it's encouraging to see some uh, children in our midst, um, and I want to say, particularly those who are covenant kids who've grown up in the church all their life, uh, having a genuine relationship with God as Father is different from growing up in the church. As, as As much of a blessing as that is, it's different from knowing the right Sunday school answers Um, even saying the sinner's prayer. You see, having a genuine relationship with God as Father is only possible when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and changes you from the inside out. It's a spirit that convicts us of our sins. It's a spirit that that, uh, leads us to true repentance, true faith helps us make sense in the Bible, all of a sudden the Bible starts clicking and you, and you understand what, what God is saying there. It, it's, it's the Spirit that fills us with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us, does he not, that Uh, It is a spirit that adopts us as the children of God and enables us to cry out to God, what? (laughs) You got it. Abba, Father. So I ask you this morning, before we even talk about missions or anything like that, are you in a right relationship with God as your father? Uh, One of Ernest Hemingway's short stories describes this story of a Spanish father who wants to reconcile with his wayward son. His, his son had run away to the big city of Madrid. His father, thinking how to reconnect with his son, decides to take an ad out in the local paper, well, the paper of the city, the El Liberal. And, and in this ad, he, he hopes somehow that his son will pick up the paper and read the ad. He writes uh, Paco, that was his son's name, uh, meet me at Hotel Montaña. On noo- noon Tuesday, all is forgiven. Love, Papa. And so when the father went uh, to the square of that hotel, um, uh, Paco is a common name in Spain, uh, he found 800 young men named Paco waiting to reconcile with their fathers. Um, Hemingway strikes a chord in our hearts, does he not, with this story? What, what child doesn't want to be reconciled with his father? What child doesn't want to be in a good relationship uh, with his dad? Now, if this is true with our earthly fathers, how much more true ought it be <laughs> with our heavenly father? All of our prayers... All of our religion, all of our good works are worthless if we don't have a genuine relationship with our Creator, God, as our Father. So if you have come this morning and you feel far from Him, um, I'd encourage you, don't don't wait another day. Uh, Let's call upon our God, our Father. Let's confess our sins, confess our brokenness. It's believe in the promises that he has for us in the gospel by the power of his Holy Spirit. He writes to us in the gospel, does he not? All is forgiven. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. The second phrase that we pray, the second petition, um, hallowed be your name, assumes that our life purpose is not to hallow our name but it's to hallow his. It's not about our reputation, it's about God's reputation. It's not not about our glory, uh, it's about God's glory. Uh, If you remember, the the Pharisees and scribes um, prayed in order to be seen by men. What does this mean? It, It also meant they were more concerned about their own name, their own reputation. They wanted others to speak well of them. They wanted others to hallow or give worth to their own name. Jesus tells us that our orientation in life as the children of God is not to hallow our name, but it is to hallow his. So again, we see very clearly we exist to honor, to glorify, to build up the name of our God rather than our own. But I'll be the first to confess it's a lot harder than it sounds. In 2014, um, I was... Uh, called from the field uh, to serve as the coordinator of Mission of the World, never dreamed in my life that this would be something God would call me to do. Uh, I was moving to a new area, never lived in the southeast, um, and uh, people didn't know who I was. But early on, we actually had a a mission conference on the west coast in a city that was very dear to us, uh, sunny San Diego. It's It's where I served in presbytery, it's where I went to seminary, it's where uh, we got married, we had our first kids, Uh, it was just a special place to us, and and the conference, the mission conference there was one of the first missions the world had out there, but I thought to myself, finally I get to go to a place where people will know my my name, right? So I go to the mission conference, and I sign in, I I come to the desk, and there's some uh, uh, lovely folks there, and, and they say, well, so what's your name? I say, well, my name's Lloyd Kim. Surely expecting they would recognize I was actually one of the speakers, the plenary speakers. And she said, Oh, here it is. Crossed my name off, handed me the packet. Had no idea who I was. Um, after one of the, the worship sessions, uh, the worship leader uh, was, was by himself, and I just wanted to, to thank him because it was such an encouragement. I said, Hey, thank you so much for serving. Uh, so blessed and encouraged. He goes, Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks for encouraging me. And, and tell me again, what, what's your role around here? Had no idea who I was. Finally, this, uh, I'm not kidding, the last day, I was running a little late. It was the day that I think I was supposed to speak. I forgot my name tag, and I was coming through the doors, and one of the ushers stopped me. He said, did you register? He thought I was trying to sneak in. (laughs) Needless to say, God was telling me something about my preoccupation with with my name. Jesus teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name, how often... Do we live out the prayer, hallowed be my name? Uh, But you see, this phrase also has a very strong missions thrust for uh, what are we asking God to do? We are asking that God would make his name hallowed, right? It's our prayer to God. And so the reason that we send, the reason why we support, the reason why we go to the nations. is because many of them are not yet hallowing the name of our God. And so when we pray this petition, we are praying that all those who do not know yet the name of our God would come to know him as Father and would hallow his name. Final phrase. The final phrase we'll discuss today is, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What would be the opposite? Right? You know it. My kingdom come, my what? Will be done. Uh, I think Jesus was speaking against this very thing when he criticized those who would pray repetitiously. Over and over and over. Why? Because they thought they would be heard for what? Their many words. What were these people trying to do? Well, I would venture to guess they were trying to manipulate God in doing what? Their will. Think about our own prayers. <laughs> How often are we um, asking God, in essence, to do our will rather than His? And so our Lord wants us to orient our life away from our own personal agenda, our own kingdom, toward his agenda, toward his kingdom. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. People have often asked me, Lloyd, what is your vision for mission to the world? Um, what is your vision? What is your vision? What do you want to see? I often respond, well, my vision is was well, Jesus' vision. What did Jesus want to see? When he came, he preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Here he's teaching his disciples, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus' vision was the coming of the kingdom of God. It's what he wanted to see. He wanted to see the rule and reign of his Father extend to every inch of this globe. You see, this prayer is not simply a prayer for the second coming, which we all Certainly desire, but a prayer that the power and presence of God would be known here on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe you're saying, well, what does this even look like? In any kingdom, you need a king. We have a king. His name is Jesus. In any kingdom, you need citizens. And so when a person repents and believes in Jesus and submits to him as king, the kingdom of God advances And when the church lives out the ethics of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, the kingdom of God has come. And when those from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation worship God as Father, we will see the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. It's a vision of our Lord. And the question we have to ask ourselves, is it our vision as well? One of our team dinners in Cambodia, uh, we invited one of our national partners, a um, Cambodian pastor named Pastor Narin, uh, to our dinner. It was actually at one of the most uh, well-known Chinese restaurants in the city. And uh, the meal was uh, wonderful. It was delicious. Uh, we enjoyed our fellowship. And at the end of the meal, the, the waiter came over and he asked us, he, he said, are you guys Christians? Keep in mind, Cambodia is about 97% Buddhist. And by some measures, less than, than um, 2% evangelical Christians. So we were kind of surprised by this question. Are you guys Christians? And we said, yes, of course we are. He goes, great, because Christians get a 10% discount. <laughs> like, this is wonderful. This is amazing. I, I turned to Pastor Nar and he was just smiling. I said, why are you smiling? He goes, well, I knew about the discount. Yeah. I go, how do you know about the discount? Well, I know the owner. I go, how do you know the owner? He goes, well, I evangelized him about three years ago, and he came to faith. And so I told our team, we need to thank Pastor Naren for this incredible discount. So you see, there are great benefits to kingdom advancement. (laughs) Why wouldn't we want to see the kingdom of God advance? Our Lord also teaches us to pray that God's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, What is it like in heaven? In heaven, there are no tears. Heaven, there's no sorrow. There's no sickness. There's no injustice. There's no corruption. There's no abuse. There's no brokenness. There's no sin. And there is no death. So we are praying, in essence, that that Satan's kingdom would be destroyed and that the gospel would go throughout the world. His church would advance. That Christ would reign that our king would reign here on earth as it is in heaven. Now Jesus, he teaches us to pray this way because quite honestly, this is how he prayed. Jesus prays, our Father. (laughs) Think about that. Our Father. Jesus considers us his, what? His brothers and his sisters. And Jesus prays, hallowed be your name, when his own name was mocked, when his own name was ridiculed, Jesus prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and then establishes this kingdom by submitting to the Father's will. you Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus pray? Father, take this cup from my hand. And then with resolution ended, and yet not my, what? Will be done, but yours. So what did it mean for Jesus to pray this prayer? Well, it meant that he would willingly give, willingly sacrifice, willingly submit to the suffering and pain of the cross. You see, Jesus, he gave up everything for the sake of the kingdom. He gave up everything for our sake. And so what are the implications then of this kingdom prayer? The implications that out of gratitude... Of his lavish grace, that we who belong to his kingdom would live wholeheartedly for that kingdom, and that we would submit to our king, and that we would seek to advance His will, His name, his glory above all else. And you see, this is where missions comes in. Our great commission, mandate to go and make disciples of all the nations, is the means by which the kingdom of God advances. And so if we want to see the vision of our king come about, we need to take seriously this mission that we have in sending, supporting, and going to the the nations with the good news of Jesus Christ. Every dollar that is given, every prayer that is lifted up, every person or project that is supported testifies to the world that the kingdom of God is real. It declares that we submit to a living king who rules even now both heaven and earth. It bears witness that the kingdom of God has come and we seek its advancement here on earth. Beloved God hears our kingdom prayers. In fact, he may be answering those very prayers that we have prayed through you. How is God calling you engage in this kingdom advancing work? Is he calling you to give to missionaries and projects? If so, then give generously. Is he calling you to pray? If so, then pray diligently and fervently. Is he calling you to go? If he is, please answer that call. Come and talk to us or any other evangelical mission. We want to help see you go. What is your vision? May our collective vision be that the nations would call upon God as Father, that they would hallow his name, and that his kingdom would come here on earth. His kingdom would come and that his will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for calling us to yourself. Father, fill us with your spirit that we might live out um, this identity that we have. And may this familiar prayer that we pray guide and lead our understanding of what you would have for each of us, individually, collectively as your church. Lord, we want to, we want to see your name hallowed. May your name be hallowed across this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.